straight from GP Ran to Tommy B Broadcasting live on your frequency Giving you updates on these Georgia streets These are voices for the people that don't get to speak Issues, black news, the conversation's deep Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat iPods, Androids, or your laptop These boys swinging for the fence Saying lie Then came a long way from being homies on the block From afros and braids and now they at the top You want facts? This is where I get them from GP3 RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546 Follow us on iTunes Give us a 5 star Follow us on SoundCloud GP3 Homies from the Block And now, here's Ran and Tommy B GP3 Homies from the Block Hey, what's up y'all? And welcome back It is uh, round 82 GP3, Tommy B and Ran are back, man, um, March 25th. We, uh, man, we just like cranking through the year, bro. We're wrapping up Q1. What's up? What's going on? Yeah, man, you're absolutely right, man. Uh, Q1, 90 days. Can you believe that? <laughs> Already? Already, man. It's craziness, man. But um, I know you've been doing it the last few times, so I'll go ahead and knock it out uh, while we're called GP3. For folks who might just be checking in for the first time, and and I see a lot of that. Uh, we are called GP3. Uh, we originally actually started with three members, and we still hold on to that three. Uh, Ran, who is, uh, uh, we're all, first of all, graduates of uh, that GP stands for Grove Park Elementary School, Grove Park area of the ATL. And Ran, you're on Elizabeth Place, right? That's right. Grove Park Bulldogs. Grove. Colors of blue and gold. Blue and gold, and... And I'm Tommy B, North Avenue, and uh, our our uh, member of Maritai Tut is uh, Charlotte Place, and uh, he is, uh, you know, still hanging around, still doing his thing. But um, that's, that's right. why we're he called down GP3. the street from Hosley Temple. Yes, he did, man. Down down from the Big Hill, the Dip. <laughs> that's cool. right, Big Hill. Hey, man. But uh, you know, uh, Rand, how was your week, man? First of all, let me let me start there. Good week. It's a good week, man. Good, good week, you know. Real good. Real N- good. Nothing, to, um, nothing to complain about. You got any shout outs? Yeah, man, I got a couple, man. Uh, one I I forgot last week. Uh, I want to, the Canada, the country of Canada, I want to give them a shout out for um, putting Viola Desmond. Wow. Okay. Um, on, a, on, a, on currency. She's the first black person to appear alone on any currency. And, um, for our listeners out there, um, Viola Desmond is Canada's Rosa Parks. Uh, in 1946, uh, she uh, sat in a segregated section of a movie theater. Wow. And it sparked off Canada's uh, version of the civil rights movement. So uh, Viola Desmond, uh, give Canada the courage um, uh, to do that, whereas our current administration um, has basically said no Harriet on the on the $10 bill. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, you know. Also, too, want to give a shout out to Loyola of Chicago oh, for making it to the Final Four. That's amazing. Uh, the last time they made it was in 1963, and they set a record at that time by starting four African Americans in the starting lineup. Wow! That was three years before um, UTEP had five in the lineup. Wow! So, um, what do you think their chances are in the Final Four? You know, I don't know, man. They've they've played every game close. Okay. Um, they could be like. Um, 
the newer version of um, Villanova or NC State, you know, oh. just, you know, the shots just fall in. Um, and also, too, I want to give a shout out to um, Naomi Wattler. She was the 11-year-old uh, young girl uh, who honored the black girls whose names don't appear in the news when it comes to victims of being sh- of, of the shootings. She did she an gave a very passionate job. speech. Excellent job, man. I mean, her yeah. maturity. Did you did you notice how how she commanded the crowd? I mean, yeah, you know, she, it was it she was just wow. She really know. did, and you know, and, and um, I want to give the kids from Parkland some credit. At least they had more diversity than some of these other movements. I agree. Uh, I agree. And you know, and and the thing is, I think her voice to me was one of the best voices out there because, as you you and I know, too many of our kids are being victimized uh, by gun senseless gun violence throughout the country. And there's mm-hmm. not a, there's not a, a peep uh, in the media about what's happening with that, their lives. I agree, man. I agree. But she did a phenomenal job and uh, you know, kudos to all those kids, but that's one of the things I noticed in the beginning. Uh, I was a bit concerned. I said, man, how diverse is this going to be considering the fact that, um, you know, the school was only about maybe 20%, 25% African-American. And they really made an effort, even to the point where uh, they they actually got the kids, bust in the kids from Chicago and, and had met with uh, kids uh, who, who were growing up in the inner city of Chicago. So it was a job well done, man. I, I, I was uh, it was chilling just, you know, in a positive way uh, to watch them uh, execute that program, do it the way they did it, man. So great job. I mean, I had to off to them. Had to off. Right. Anything else, man? Um. Uh, yeah, ESPN on their undefeated uh, site, uh, micro site. Yeah, they have a great article about the gentrification of sports, college sports. Man, mm. it, it 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 is really eye opening how college sports at one point was the opportunity uh, for poor kids to get an education. Now it is becoming more and more uh, a vehicle for uh, middle class and upper middle class kids. Uh, to get scholarships and get opportunities where a lot of the first generation kids are losing out. Wow. And and you know what? It's, you think it's about training because a lot of these kids are athletes. I mean, they're trained to be athletes. It's almost like when you look at the European model of how Mm -hmm. how kids uh, are, are, uh, the European uh, players are coming into the NBA and you watch how they are trained and you're almost born into it. You know what I mean? And right. uh, and you're right, man. A lot of these, uh, you know, suburban kids are going into these programs where they are, uh, you know, they're coached early on to be pro athletes. And and you're right. I mean, it's, and that was you know, that was a, a lot of the genesis of the article in that we're we're having academies now, uh, for profit academies, yep. unlike in Europe where they are state run academies. Mm-hmm. Where we have these for profit academies, and the costs are so expensive that a lot of our kids are being left out. Yep. Yeah. Does that you think it's having did they mention impact on basketball or was it? I mean, it's. Yeah. Already, yeah. It's, it's an impact on basketball, too, man. Um, wow. What's happening is the one and done kids. Um, a lot of them are being trained. They're being sponsored by some of the, the major sporting outfits, whether it's a shoe company or an athletic apparel company, yeah. because they have such tremendous skills. Right. But a lot of the, the three and four year players, the guys who in, end up graduating, mm-hmm. a lot of them are now becoming your middle class suburban players. Wow. It's deep. All right, man. Uh, You know, well, I got one shout out. Um, I want to I want to just say thanks to Matthew Knowles, man. We did the uh, interview for the podcast uh, for the You Need to Know. 
podcast. And, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, just music industry and his, his years and, you know, entrepreneurship. But one of the other things that really um, uh, stood out, he has a book called Racism Through the Eyes of a Child. And, uh, you know, he was really transparent, man. He talked about, uh, you know, he's gone through therapy and a lot of things he dealt with uh, as a as as a child. And, 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 you know, you don't think about it in his generation where they had to break barriers and, and um, you know, go through uh, integration. Uh, it left a lot of scars. And, and, he, and, and the book is uh, Racism Through the Eyes of a Child. And it really talks about you know, his development and how he dealt with a lot of that. And, and, and you know, I think we forget that there's a generation um, of, of adults, man, who, who have really had to go through the busing and, um, you know, that, that whole uh, forced integration period. And, and uh, it, was, it was a really, uh, you know, you know, he made some moving statements that I didn't expect. So, um, you know, thank you, uh, Mr. Knowles and, and his team for allowing me to do that. It was good. Okay. Um, cool. March for our lives, man. Um, you know, you, you mentioned part of it, man, but it was, uh, you know, I watched it and, and it was moving, man. It, it was, uh, you know, I, you know, we, we alluded to the fact that, you know, it was diverse. I mean, they did a really good job of, uh, intentionally adding kids of color, uh, Yolanda Renee King, uh, Marty King's, uh, daughter, uh, and uh, Dr. King's granddaughter spoke and, and, you know, she did a great job. I mean, it was just overall, man, um, you know, I, 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 I thought they did a really good job. And I hope that they can continue the momentum, um, you know, that they're building, man. And I, I think, um, you know, barring any any issues or any any kind of challenges, they, you know, they, they find that they can't, you know, confront or deal with. I think they're going to make it happen, man. Um, you know, the, it was fun. Well, not funny, but interesting. You know how they wore the dollar five price tags <laughs> to show how much, uh, per student Marco Rubio was getting from the NRA. I mean, for each student in Florida. I mean, I thought that was, that was an, uh, a pointed jab at, at, at what goes on, you know, at the Capitol and, um, you know, kudos to Jennifer Hudson, man, uh, toward the end, closed it out by doing the time. The, the times they are changing, you know, and Jennifer lost her mom, brother and nephew to violence. So, you know, just a good job, man. But one thing I do want to mention, Ram, before we get off this, the killer Mike thing. And I don't know if you heard about it. You're familiar with it. You, 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 did you see the video? I saw a video with this, uh, this brother that made a comment like, you know, if it wasn't for your friends down, you, you wouldn't, your name, no one would really care about who the hell you are or something like that. Yeah. Colin Noir is, uh, he's an attorney and he's a spokesperson supporter of the NRA black guy. Um, he, I heard him do an interview a couple of months ago with, uh, Tavis and, uh, but, but what was, what's really been disappointing, man. And he's getting dragged on Twitter, dude, is killer Mike. ATL, you know, Killer Mike, who, you know, Killer Mike, you know, Killer Mike, right? Familiar with him? He uh, supported, yeah, yeah. Support, supported Bernie, um, you know, in, in uh, you know, of course, the president. Well, he, he was single-handedly responsible for uh, a lot of deposits going into the black banks yeah. around the country. I mean, single-handedly, he, he, he developed a campaign yeah. uh, that was an inf infusion of, of cash and capital uh, to many of these uh, African-American banks out there. Yeah. Well, you know... The interesting thing is he, you know, he basically 
you know, came out and, and, and said on the video, video, you know, that uh, his kids had indicated that they were going to walk out, uh, you know, for in protest, uh, at, you know, at, at their school. And he said, if you walk out in protest, you're going to walk out of my house, too, because they're gun owners, his sister is a farmer. And, you know, he just and he did the video with Colin Noir for uh, NRA television. And, and, you know, a lot of black folks are pissed off. And, and um, you know, you know, you got to keep in mind, 80 percent of black people, 80 percent of the African-American population do not agree with the NRA stance, 80 percent plus. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how. Um, you know, I, yeah, I don't think he cares, but, um, you know, I, I was kind of disappointed, man. I mean, I, I've seen him on Mar, uh, you know, and I, I wasn't in agreement with, uh, his stance on, on Bernie, but, uh, you know, this is kind of like this, this is the Stacey Dash move, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is, this is a Stacey Dash. Yeah. Move, I don't, I don't truly, know? to me, this is, um, this is, this is so, uh, this is so inconsistent with the other stands he has. Yes. So, um, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to understand why would he money? It, uh, had, it had to be money. That's the only, I can't justify it. I mean, you know, either, you know, pay I mean, parents but, or yeah, something. it has to be money, but I mean, in the whole grand scheme of things, killer Mike is, 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 is not an A-list rapper. No, not Hip-hop anymore. Artist. He's, he's really seen more so as an activist. Now and, mean, and, and, and even at that, I mean, you know, he's not even considered one of the top activists. I mean, he has more, probably more gravitas here in Atlanta. Um, yeah, I, I just don't. I, I mean, I, it's it, again, it's this is mind blowing. I mean, I didn't realize that Killer Mike was siding with the NRA, and and again, the, the NRA has set such a, a a narrative out there about taking guns. That you know is is, is ridiculous. It, hey, it, it you know, I, yeah, I don't I don't have any issue, and and you and I have said it. You own guns. I mean, you're you're you know you're a gun owner, and and I don't have any issue with gun on you know gun owners. No, I'm not a gun owner. My, my, my oh, well, dad yeah. owned guns. Your I don't dad, own any dad, guns. There yeah. are no guns in my household. But yeah. I can tell you, my dad was a member of NRA, and he was a sportsman. That's when sportsman, NRA was yeah. a sportsman organization. Correct. Correct. And we yeah. didn't we didn't do hunting. We did target practice. But right, right. Uh, I have respect for guns. I do believe people should own guns. But at the same time, I think there's a responsibility that goes with that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. And and my, my point about uh, Killer, man, Killer Mike is, you know, it, it's it's not to me, like you said, the NRA at one point was about sportsmen, you know, and, 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 and hunting. And the tone is the concern I have with the NRA right now when. You know, you've got people like Dana Loesch involved and, and the videos that they've done. That's and, a place in hell for her. <laughs> but, I mean, but yeah, you're right. I mean, dude, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. Take, yeah. Let's take a step back. Yeah. He's calling himself Killer Mike. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, you know, you might have been when he was a rapper and it was, you know, kind of a double entendre kind of a metaphor you know you, you killing the microphone kind of thing but but now you're not in that game anymore and and you are uh you know almost like an endorser for the nra um which well, you know when you go on nra tv that's the way you'll be perceived uh well his credibility has he has really destroyed any credibility a capital he's he's built up yeah and, and you know what because he's from atl uh you know we're based in atl 
and 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 seeing him on Mar, and even though I didn't quite agree with him on the Sanders support, um, you know, uh, I I did at least uh, I was I was excited to see activism coming out of the hip hop community, or you know, someone who had been a part of the hip hop community. And you know what? Everybody's everybody's entitled to their opinion, but like somebody on Twitter said, uh, what is it? They you know, Killer Mike is, is, has has shown that the bridge from uh, Sanders to the NRA is very short. Uh, you know, it, it was, you know, it's just, if you go on Twitter, man, it's like, wow, you know. Not, yeah, because this, this guy was especially like black, you know, black wars. Black Twitter. Yeah, I mean, play. <laughs> now, now he's now he's moving into the category of, of the Stacey Dash and what's the other guy, uh, Clark, David Clark. Or, uh, or know, pa- Paris Denard. Oh. Paris Denard, he he he's yeah. moving uh, Armstrong Williams, he's moving all into that camp now. But yeah, wow, yeah, it was, that's that's messed up. Yeah, it was that's messed up. It was eye opening for me. I saw that last night. Uh, Sacramento, man, a lot of tensions happening right now. Um, of course, twenty uh, two year old, twenty two year old, uh, and I'm not sure if it's Stephon Clark uh, shot in his backyard, man, his grandmom's backyard uh they fired 20 shots on him he was unarmed he was holding a cell phone and and you know ran when do you i i get tired of the police saying like they felt they were in danger i mean don't ain't that part of your job you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying when you go when you jump in a squad car you're in danger you know what i mean and well and, and yeah I, I agree with you and i think part of it is you know calculated risk when you've got that much firepower, uh, I think they were doing almost like infrared. Somehow, I think what happened in that community, um, whatever time it was when it occurred, uh, a vandal had been reported. Okay, so the the copters, he had, he was. I mean, uh, apparently he was somewhere in the community, and he was jumping over fences to get back home. He got back to his yard and they confronted him. I mean, it's all on video. Y'all can check it out for yourself. But 20 shots. You know what's the sad the sad thing shots. about it is that usually when these things happen, yep. there's some type of verbal discourse occurs. Oh, it was verbal for like two seconds. Yeah. I mean, that's something usually usually they tell a person um, you know, to stop. And usually the person says something like, Look, I don't have a gun. Yeah. Um, and then this whole this unloading uh, 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 your cartridges is just ridiculous. And then, you know, this past week we've had two cops to get acquitted for their murders and they're getting monetary damages or they're keeping their jobs. So right now we have with, with all this stuff happening with the, the lack of, 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 of the lack of, of accountability on the police force, it's just leading to more and more of these things. Now these guys know that, Hey, I can do this and yeah, I'll go through a little pain, but guess what? I'm going to be okay yeah. at the end of the day. The unions are going to protect me. Uh, the citizens review boards are ineffective. Mm. And it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's sickening. It, it truly is sickening. I mean, again, it's open season on, uh, on hunting of, of, of black people. Now, again, mm-hmm. some of these young men, unfortunately, put themselves in, in some danger. I mean, when you're jumping over fences, yeah, yeah. If, that, if that is true, uh, that's well, you know, not a it, good it's, look. it's it's all on video, but but again, you know, the the amount of time, what's being questioned is that amount of time 
from when they gave a verbal command to when they started shooting. It's almost like they didn't even give him time to put his hands up, you know? Right. And that's why I think a lot of the protests are happening. Um, They locked down. And, and, you know, they are hiring people who shouldn't be police officers. You know, I I read an interesting stat. Over 50% of the people who are police officers have some type of military police training. Mm -hmm. That is scary because military police is all about taking people out. It's it's oh, not yeah. about de-escalating situations. Yeah, these guys are coming out and, of Iraq. I mean, and, and, right. And these Iran, are trained killers. Afghanistan, and, yeah. And, and, and these, and they're not, I don't think they're really doing the, what is the mental profile of what a cop should be? Yeah, yeah. And they're getting these scared guys uh, who need, because, man, a lot of these police departments we've seen here in ATL, they'll run an ad on the radio station, we're hiring from cops, we need police people. So guess what? Mm-hmm. A horde of people apply for the jobs. They need bodies. As long as you got a clean record, hey, whether you have the mental makeup to be a cop, that's that's irrelevant issue. I just need bodies. And I think it's it's a process that needs to be really reevaluated in terms of how we're selecting these people. Well, you know, bottom line, man, it's about, you know, we pay their salaries. Okay, taxpayers, you know, they are there to protect and serve. Okay. And, and no matter what community, what part of the community you're in, you're still there to, to protect and serve. Even if you are dealing with someone uh, who's a suspect, you know, you, you, before you determine where he stands, where he or she stands, you, you know, you got to understand that you are still a servant. You know, and I think a lot of these guys put the servant part of it away and, you know, they they're there to protect, but they're, they're you know, their protection is not about protecting the people in certain communities. So, you know, and, and it was interesting, man, because um, the protests have escalated and, and hopefully, you know, they can get everything, uh, you know, uh, solved and resolved um, uh, because, you know, it is, you know, a lot of tension happening in Sacramento, you know, right now. So good point. Um, to move on, man, and really bring it up, uh, this, uh, this kid who they caught, as an Austin bomber, the Austin bomber, uh, Mark Anthony Condit. Um, do you think if if he had been jumping over fences, you think they would have taken him out like that, based on his look? No, man. I mean, right now, I mean, no. I just read an article in Huffington Post, man, which which is real scary, is because the way the media does not humanize black victims the way it does the white killers. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing right here, man. I mean, this again, here's another young man. He had problems just like even um, that school shooting in uh, Maryland, man. Yeah. He was a love sick teen. Yeah. Mm. Okay. You know, again, I think about, I was looking at some old media reports of how they demonized Trayvon Martin. Yeah. You know, well, you know, my my thing is the guy, the kid, and I I call him in, in, you know, for the sake of this podcast, uh, you know, this guy's a terrorist. And and the police chief refused to call him a terrorist. Um, they they said that he was a challenged young man with challenges in his personal life. But but I look at it like this, man. You know, and and one of the things that you know I, I look back on on these incidents. You know, law enforcement officials called what's the guy Tash Tashfeen Malik uh, and Saeed Rizwan Farouk uh, when they killed the 14 people in Santa Barbara. Uh, I'm sorry, San, San Bernardino, California, 
Uh, and Omar Mateen, uh, when he killed 49 people at the nightclub, uh, they call those people terrorists. But Dylan Roof, no, they didn't call him a terrorist. Steven Paddock, he killed 58 people at the concert in Las Vegas. No, they didn't call him a terrorist. Uh, Condit, they refused to call him a terrorist. He terrorized that Austin community, man. I have friends in Texas, and that was the talk of the state. You know, if well, you remember when he had the, the DC nation. sniper? Yes, they called them terrorists. That's right. Before they even knew the race. Yes. Because it was yeah, terror is terror. You know, you terrorize a community, you're a terrorist. You know, and 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 what's happening is there's a lot of question being called on how long, why it took so long to find this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they were saying, hey, he was terrorizing black communities and they were dragging their feet. Whereas this was even terrorizing white communities. This would have been a whole different thing. Well, you know, when it changed and, and I, you know, I don't want to make any assumptions. But when uh, they took out when when the tripwire occurred, uh, it was after the um, these guys were walking down the street. They happened to be two Caucasians. OK, when the tripwire happened, this whole thing escalated. It went to another level. Right, and, but before that, when it would, had gone to the homes of the Hispanic female and the African American families, it, it, it had about four or five, four or five bombs to happen. Yeah, so you know, we we really, in my opinion, man, you know, call terror terror, you know, regardless, and 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 we, you know, we, it, you can understand the frustration from from the Muslim community as well. Um, because, you know, when is terror terror? It's just, you know, regardless. I mean, domestic uh, domestic terrorism has been going on for years. And these guys are, these guys yeah, are out I mean, there. They, you know, they're out the there. Pres- pre- yeah, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's typical white boy shit, man. You know how that is. <laughs> See? That's what it is, man. It's, it's, just it's, cut it's, to it's the white chase. Boy, it's white boy cowardice, man. That's what it is. That's deep. That's deep. All right, man, let's get a little light, man. We we done started off heavy before we get into 45. I got to lighten it up a little bit. Um, Superfly, man, um, is uh, the trailers have hit. Um, and, and, of course, they're filming Superfly 2018 in the ATL. Uh, do we need Superfly in 2018, man? Not really, man. I mean. <laughs> I mean, coming off, come and, and the, the only reason I ask is, you know, uh, with the start of the year and and Black Panther, which is kind of a uh, positive, uh, you know, family. You, you know, you could take the whole fo- whole family kind of thing. You know, you're not gonna be able to do that with Superfly. I mean, I know, dude. I, I, I mean, dude. it was 1972. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was sitting in the theater. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I mean, not on my I own mean, accord. Uh, you know, a, a family member took me. And pissed off my mom, but you know, 1972. I'm, I'm, you know, eight years old. I'm sitting up there. Well, but and 72 was a little bit different because at the we Rialto, weren't, we, we weren't represented. We weren't represented anywhere in the movie no, in the no. movie industry. No, I mean the the TV show Power is nothing but Superfly. Yeah, but but Power. It's, it's I, all yeah. it's all about ghosts trying to get out the game. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I mean, I mean, we got so many movies now that have taken the Superfly blueprint. Uh, I mean, you can go back the last ten years. You can probably find about fifteen movies. Yeah, Sugar Hill, the same type of thing. Sugar Hill with uh, uh, Wesley Snipes back in the back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, it was it was, you know. But Gordon Parks originally directed the uh, the nineteen seventy two. It was you know black director, uh, right? A budget of of under like five hundred thousand, 
and it earned like thirty million. But it, it and, and well, yeah, five hundred thousand was a lot of money in seventy two though. Yeah, but to earn thirty million, you know, was 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 amazing, and and it was controversial. Ran even back in seventy two, uh, the N, the NAACP um, was hard on black exploitation flicks back then. Um, you know, they they were uh, really uh, really uh, how, you know how how would I say critical of images, critical of movies and films with images like that. And, um, you know, I only say, I don't, I don't have any issue with the concept, even when you look at New Jack City and some of the films we've had. My only thing, and you and I, I think we, we talked about this on a previous podcast about what we like about Panther is, is something different. You know what I mean? It takes us from what we stereotypic the stereotypical black movie. And that's cool, man. I, I don't, I don't want to see any black film, not succeed. I mean, if if there's a cast and there's a director, they're you know they're giving people jobs, and and giving opportunity. You don't want to see anything fail. But I just ask myself, coming on after Panther, well, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing does. You know, all right. Um, uh, rest in peace, man. Rita Owens, man. Just as we talk about Queen Latifah's birthday, she loses a mom, uh, 69 years old. Uh, she struggled with a uh, heart condition for many years. So, you know, and, and you remember her, uh, she made appearances on the Fresh Prince. Um, yeah. And, um, and living single, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was a force in, um, in uh, Queen Latifah's life. I mean, she was the, she was the bedrock that, uh, that actually for the Queen Latifah we see today is due to her mom. Yeah. Her Outstanding, outstanding woman, and um, again, my condolences to to Dana Owens and her entire family. Uh, anytime you lose your mom, that's that's like the worst day of your life. So yeah. I understand. Yeah, and she, um, you know, of, of of course, had tributes on Twitter and, and social media. So uh, yeah, as long as she's not, I mean, she's no longer suffering. I mean, that's the only that's the only condolence that I can really say that's positive out of this. Yeah, she struggled, man, and and they made a video uh, where she was you know, had actually uh, admitted the fact that she was dealing with heart condition for many years. So rest in peace. Right. Rest in power. Okay. Uh, Trey Songs, man, is in some hot water. Uh, domestic abuse. Uh, woman came out and basically claimed he punched and choked her at a Hollywood party. Um, he turned himself in this week and, and he's defending himself on social media. It's basically saying the claims are lies and, uh, you know, someone basically making claims for personal gain. So. I, I, I hope, I hope this, I hope he's right. I hope this is all false. Um, Cause I hate to see any type of domestic abuse, but at the same time, um, you know, these, these people who are doing this are sick. Yeah. If it, They are really sick, man. I mean, this is nothing to play around with. And, uh, and hopefully this will wake some of these young artists up in terms of, who they associate themselves with, yeah. who they let in their circle. Yeah, man. Um, and you know, uh, unfortunately, Trey has cultivated an image of of, of being a sex symbol. Mm -hmm. And in and in prior interviews, he has made some comments about his proclivity to sexual things and sexual items and stuff. You know, sometimes, you know, these artists need to understand there's a difference between your public image mm -hmm. and the real person. Yeah, and that. You know, that there is a you should have a definitely line of demarcation between the two. But at the same time, be careful who you surround yourself with. I mean, we saw it in the, with Tupac, you know, you know, be careful because you never know who these you don't know these people. Yeah. 
Could you say that for Rick James? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Rick was a freak. I mean, but I mean, Rick, I mean, but, yeah, the kidnapping. Was. I mean, that's a federal offense, right? <laughs> and you know, Rick was so high on stuff. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I've never heard Trey oh Song God. had a proclivity for drug abuse, but we know Rick was yeah. really out there. So yeah, Rick was, uh, whew, super freak for real. Um, yeah. Stevie Wonder, man, uh, supports Bruno Mars. Um, he he made a statement about, this week about time. Yeah, and <laughs> about time. Somebody, I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. we we. This is. I'm trying to figure out when they talk about a, what is it appropriateness? Yeah, uh, appropriation. appropriation. Yeah, yeah. How do you appropriate music? That that's because um, you know I'm I'm asking myself. Okay, Elvis. Claim to fame was he really was the white guy to put rock and roll into the households of, of the middle class. Yeah. But he was a guy who grew up in Memphis in the projects around black folks. So that was really his life. Just mm-hmm. like Eminem. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to maybe I might be on a stretching myself, but Macklemore, I don't know if Macklemore was into hip hop like like an Eminem. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 But well, you I know, do agree. Stevie framed it like this. He said, you know, and, and his quote is, here's the thing, God created music for all of us to enjoy, so we we cannot limit ourselves by people's fears and insecurities. Um, Mars is a great talent, uh, so the other stuff is just bullshit. Uh, listen, he was inspired by great musicians and great artists and songwriters, so that's good. And that was his quote. And, and in addition to that, Charlie Wilson and Jermaine Dupri also you know, have come to his defense. So just well, you know, as 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 my wife and daughters would tell me, they say if those other artists would just put out great music, yep, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Absolutely, yep. Absolutely. You know, they've killed they've killed hip hop. Yeah. I mean, the fact is that they killed R and B. Moms, <laughs> yeah, R and B. Excuse me, R and B. No, you're, moms you're right, can't li- yeah. moms can't listen to this music in the carpool line. Yeah. Um, did you see Atlanta? I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, the opening scene where they had this mom, she was reciting lyrics by Paperboy. Oh, yeah. That was, oh, man, that was, it was hilarious, kind of, because it was a parody. Yeah. yeah. But it's so true. It's real. Those suburban moms, how they. Right. Yeah. And I've had to, I've had to deal with that. So I, I it, it's it's only funny in the fact that the parody is real. You know, when, when, right. when you get that phone call about lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if these guys want to make money, yeah, they need to sit back and say, "Guess what? Ice Cube and Dr. Dre ain't doing the same music they once did." Nope, they have grown up, and guess what? They making more money now. Yeah, yeah. When it, it's funny watching Cube do, "Are We There Yet?" <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, or you know, Martin Lawrence doing Road Trip, uh, you know, right? Because they, you know, and or or Eddie Murphy doing Dr. Doodle when when we grow up and we watch them in their initial stage. And uh yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, yeah. Will Smith laid the foundation for that. I mean, you, yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know. But you know, Will never Will never started off as a hardcore rapper. He was always He never did. You're absolutely right. He never but did he was the, he laid the foundation in terms of going into other ventures and movies and all that, particularly for the hip hop artists. Yeah. He, uh, but you're absolutely right. Will never was Will always had a much broader audience. The only thing that that Will did was que- that was questionable. He did one song, "I Saw Your Blinker." You remember that? Uh, that was the only song where he he pushed the limit. But right. one of the things he said, man, and, and I'll get off this uh, on 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 the music side, 
uh, he said something. His grandmother found his lyric book, and when he was before he made it big, and um, and and he he credits his grandmother. She didn't preach to him. She wrote something in there that he found that encouraged him to be who he really was. So he never he never went down that road based on what she told him. And she didn't preach to him. She didn't come at him hard. She didn't pull out the belt. She basically said, you know, it was almost like, is this the person you want people to know you to be? And it was. I wish you know, I wish she, she I wish he would have showed that to MC Hammer when he tried to do pumps <laughs> in a bump. I mean, don't go there. <laughs> hey man, but I, I told y'all about Facebook and this Cambridge Analytica man. Uh, what is Zuckerberg to do? What would you do? What would, how would you advise Zuckerberg, Mister, Mister Marketing? What would you tell him, Mister? Uh, what's your name on Scandal? Well, well, the, well the, 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 the first, the first thing that most people in the crisis don't understand, yeah. whether they're in a crisis or not. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to acknowledge the fact you're in a crisis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you have to take it head on, address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Has he Show done some Has remorse done and have it? a plan. Has he done it? No. Okay. No. He 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 he. I mean he 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 he's not he's not all in on this yet. Okay. Wow. What's your name on Scandal, man? What's your name? Olivia Pope. Oh, Olivia Pope. Yeah. You're, you're Mr. Pope. <laughs> so what else? I mean, you you know because people you, are deleting you, you, people you, are deleting you got Facebook. To, you got to address it. You got to say. Yeah, you need to be proactive about it. He's letting the narrative keep building, continuing to build. Yeah, well, hashtag delete Facebook is trending in a major way. Share and a lot of other celebrities have deleted their Facebook uh, pages. Uh, now he has indicated that he will be. Uh, whereas at one point, when he spoke in the interview, he he had said that uh, the person who is best suited will sit before Congress, but now he will be sitting before Congress. So it's going to be interesting. So we'll wait and see how that goes. It's amazing how white boys like to do chicken shit stuff. Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, Explain it's, it's, it's amazing how they like to talk tough, but then when they have to answer up to stuff, they try to find ways to get somebody else to take the fall for them. Yeah. It's just amazing. They man. still got the black woman around there? Is she <laughs> the black diversity <laughs> chick? <laughs> Yeah, 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 man. It's, oh, it's, that it's just amazing. I don't know. They'll they'll find somebody. They'll put him up there. Yeah, but he's supposed to go, man. It's going to be interesting. Let me get to your favorite part, man. As the White House turns forty-five, John Bolton, man. Good lord, this man just <laughs> wants to start wars, man. That's what I'm, I mean. Uh, he's going to replace McMaster, uh, McMaster's whatever. Uh, Dude, Fox is coming to the White House. Yeah, it is. It absolutely that- is. That when you look at what's happening right now with the lawyers and everything, he just hired some new lawyers, mm-hmm. a husband and wife team. Yep. What he realizes now, he knows he's going to get caught on the facts. Mm-hmm. He, what he's doing is launching not a legal defense, but a massive PR defense. Yeah, this is the court of public opinion right here. Right. This is all about he realizes. Opinion. He realizes the day of reckoning is coming, and his lawyers have basically probably told him, uh, you will— this will not, from a legal perspective, this is not going to look good. You know what, what somebody said that makes a whole lot of sense based on what's going on? It's almost like the OJ defense. You know, um, a, a lot of people are looking at what he's doing, and he's almost taking an OJ defense. 
um, posture, you know, trying trying it in 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 public public opinion. So so we'll see um, how that goes. Uh, his his main attorney, the one who was going to defend him against Russia, John Dowd said, "Nah, <laughs> I'm out of here. My career ain't yeah, bro, yeah. You ain't you ain't it, taking well, me the, down." What, then last week that that um that uh famous um. Uh, GOP attorney who's won some big cases mm-hmm. uh, said, "Nah, bro, uh, I, I ain't. I'm not a part of this." Nope. Um, and, and that's why he's hiring. I mean, this husband and wife um, jokester of a legal team, um, and they're gonna again. It's all about the PR now. Yeah. Well, Melania might be hiring <laughs> somebody. Um, she traveled uh, separately uh, en route to uh, Mar Largo. Uh, after the uh, playmate interview this week, and um, but you know they they played the happiness role a little bit while 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 they've been in Florida. Um, it's it's amazing how this guy, when there's a demonstration, he gets the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, it's just amazing. You know, um, yeah, you know. Then you got the whole there. thing with him and Joe Biden too. Sound like two uncles, drunk <laughs> uncles fighting in the yard. Yeah, that's like um, that's like Soldier Boy and uh, and Chris Brown. You know that right. <laughs> Right, right, right. I mean, you know, it's like Joe. Why do you stoop so low? I know it, man. That that that's just uh, with everything that's going on. You got the transgender ban that's that that hit on Friday. Of course, that that's a punk move, uh, just a cowardly move uh, to to do that to that to you know to the transgender community on a Friday, and particularly for people who are willing to put their life on the line for a country yeah. for a guy who had what five deferments, yeah, bone spurs, yeah. For bone spurs. Yeah. Um, and, and there's an article, man, really interesting article uh, that basically asked the question, why is 45 afraid of Russia? And and we will find out. I think we're going to find out real soon. Well, um, I, I, we've heard several people. One of the former CIA guys said they must have something. Yeah. Uh, then one of the there was a, a Russian guy that he was doing business with. And the guy went through the uh, Mueller investigation questioning. Mm-hmm. He comes back and says they got something on them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I heard Malcolm Nance, Nance said best. He said um, he's being owned. Russia owns him. He's their bitch right now. Well, you know, again, man, I tell people if you if you haven't had an opportunity, and and I'm sure CNN has a uh, maybe it on demand. But these last couple of weeks, man, Fareed has Fareed Zakaria has really done uh, within his hour on Sunday mornings an in depth portrait of Russia. It's amazing. I mean, one of the things, you know what I didn't realize, man, that Russia that? has 11 freaking time zones. It's that big. It's that massive, you know. Mm. And what they talked about is, you know, how Putin um, basically is, he's it. You know, whereas there's always been maybe an heir apparent to who would run the country. They don't, they don't know what's next. He's it. You know, they put their faith in him. And, and um, you know, regardless, I mean, now this whole thing about the congratulations. I don't know if they put their faith in him. Well, uh. <laughs> well, that's, well, yeah, not faith, but, but they, they, you know, the country, he has put it in them. <laughs> let me change, let me turn that around. He has put his faith in them because, you know, even with this congratulatory call from 45, which was leaked, that, uh, you know, the NSA told him, look, do not congratulate Putin. And he did it anyway. Um, it, it, it shows 
if if you know the the power and the influence that they can have when they have it over somebody who's running or quote unquote the leader of the free world. So um, interesting, man. It's interesting, and. You know, just to go into a couple more things, man. Stormy Daniels' interview is tonight on, and we, we know we. Did you see the tweet from her lawyer with the, with the uh, DVD? CD, with the DVD, yeah, yeah. You know, they playing chicken now, man. It, it's it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's you know, it, it's just gonna get, you know, it really, man. Uh, I've not seen politics this petty ever in my life. In my life, this this is a this is a reality show, man. Every day is sweeps weeks. And maybe this maybe a, it's it, it could have been pettier with Clinton, but they just didn't have social media. You know, the internet wasn't. You know, well, it, it and evolved. also also too, Trump has embraced these guys to be like that. Yeah, you got so many cowardly guys uh, in the media and also in politics. They're saying, hey, he's not being punished, so I'm going to be more brazen myself about, I'm going to say outlandish things. Because now it's all about getting the narrative out there first. Mm -hmm. It's not about having the correct narrative. It's just getting it out there. Yeah. The whole thing. And repetition, just repeating it. Yeah. Tweeting uh, that he's going to cancel or not or or veto a bill when he's really not going to veto a bill. It all ties into the distraction narrative that we talked about. See, before. they're not talking about how the stock market took another big hit. Yeah, they talk about you know, you know. Not talking about what China's saying, okay, you want to play chicken? Yeah. All right, we can do that. Yeah. It's all, you know, how you call it, three-card Monty? <laughs> yeah. Three-card Monty. I mean, you know, um but again, none of this is impacting his base because his base has not been impacted financially yet. Not yet. But when Walmart starts going up, that's going to be an issue. I think that that's when when you walk in there and you, you see that television. You can't buy your Wrangler jeans for $19. Now they're going up to, you know, 29 or $30 because of mm-hmm. the denim tariff. Yeah. You'll see. Yeah, you will see. Can't buy that big screen for $200 anymore. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Uh, man, you mentioned, we, we talked about this, um, you know, part of, part of your... Uh, I don't want to say rant, but your observation uh, about uh, society and and um, the things we deal with at the in the workplace. This New York Times thing that came out this week and, and it just kind of brings it home. And I don't know if you saw it. Uh, if you had a chance, yeah, to I've read seen it. that. I, I wanna, um, a lot of people don't know. I do a lot of consulting, and, and I consult with several of the um, uh, nonprofits out there that deal with. Uh, black and people of colors issues, health issues, both physical and mental. So I'm very aware of, of this article right there in, in, in what is being said, because I see it all the time. And, and basically the, the article came out, New York Times reported it. Um, everybody's kind of put their spin out there on it. I was, I was checking out Essence magazine. And, and the premise is basically no matter what the family's wealth is, Black men still face economic disadvantages from the start when it comes down to employment. Uh, I said racism impacts black men disproportionately uh, harshly, especially when it comes to income, Uh, even for black sons whose families make roughly a million dollars a year. They are equally likely to be incarcerated as the white son of a family that makes 40,000 a year. Even, you know, so it, 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 you know, a family 
of a, a white family makes $40,000 a year is still on the same level as a black family that makes a million dollars in terms of the success. And, and, and it doesn't. And, and the sad thing is, man, this is this is something we, we've known for years. Yeah. But the other hand, it With, says black girls don't seem to fall into the same downward cycle when it comes to income as their black male peers. And uh, they said the difference could be due to a higher rate of incarceration of black men. Well, and also, too, because of that higher rate of incarceration, it gives them a lot of opportunities to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've seen this in corporate America. Many times, uh, black women accounted as the double as the double minority hit. Yeah. Uh, when I was in graduate school, we used to see it all the time. In my graduate program, uh, the African-American women uh, were hired at twice the rate as the African-American men because they represented uh, from a check in the, the EOC box mm-hmm. uh, an opportunity. So yeah. I, I see it all the time. So, so basically, uh, you know, the, uh, one of the articles, and I was looking at the Essence article, it says when you control, uh, when you control for uh, parental income, black women actually end up making more money than white women uh, and attend college at a higher rate than white men. And uh, the uh, report, and I'll go ahead and put the link uh, in our podcast, uh, Equality of Opportunity Project is what it's called. But uh, you know what? What do you what do you tell black black young black men, man? When when you read this, um, when, I think the thing is out. what you have to start telling them now is start thinking about creating your own opportunities. Start looking at entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean, don't give up. But but always no, you, you don't give up. But I mean, what you got to do is you you got to start. You got to expand your options. We came from a generation when we were told to go into work for big corporations. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship was not as prevalent. Uh, as it is now. Yeah. Uh, these kids now understand that, you know, if a job doesn't exist, I can create my own job. Yeah. You have to have multiple, so, multiple streams. Yeah. Multiple streams of income. Man. So, uh, you know, interesting. All right. What you got, man? Well, you know, man, I mean, getting back to um, it's, it's really more about education, man. And uh, it's, it's kind of like in two tracks. One is the uh, seeing what uh, Betsy DeBoss is doing to our schools, man. It's just ridiculous. Um, it, it, you know, doing or not doing what well, she's not. Well, basically, <laughs> both, it's, it, it's both. Both ends you of know, the, the spectrum. Fact, the fact is that she's turning her back on the public schools. She's standing up to debt collectors rather than college students struggling to pay back their loans. Mm. Uh, she's favoring reducing government oversight of private for profit schools with bad track records, but yet has no idea what uh, what the voucher system program, how effective it is in the home state of Michigan. Uh, and she's undermining all the sexual assault policies on these college campuses. Then on the other hand, uh, I see a binary argument about the safety of our kids in the schools. You know, we got one group that says, hey, put guns in the schools. Let's make them more like a TS- TSA type of environment, mm-hmm. you know, versus uh, another group that says, hey, let's implement, you know, common sense gun control. Again, this is not a binary argument right here. Yeah, This is not binary. It's not one or the other. You do both. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, you know, the schools need to be safer, but, you know, I don't know if a TSA environment is, is the solution. Mm-hmm. You know, since 37 days since the Parkland massacre, you know, about 73 kids, students have been shot to death. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're talking about hardening of our schools. Let's be honest. When they're talking about doubling down on guns in schools for teachers and administrators, and that's a, it's going to disproportionately impact students of brown and, and black color. Yes, you know, will. and so, you know, this this is just it's, it's just sickening how, you know, we, we are 
we're undermining, we got a, a, a person, the Secretary of Education, who's basically undermining public education, which is the bedrock of this, of this society, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, for, for private industry. And then we got another aspect that we got a, a big lobbyist group called the NRA, which basically is funding majority of our senators and congressmen, and they are too chicken shit to do anything. Yeah, man. So it, it gets back to what these kids have. I love what these kids have decided. These kids say, "Hey, we're gonna see you in November." Yeah, and, and you know what? Let me, let me encourage people, man. And and I've I've mentioned um, this website. Uh, I, I think I mentioned it probably, hell, if not every week. Ballotpedia. Go to Ballotpedia, man. It is a phenomenal website. You could type in your address, your zip code. It gives you all the information about where to vote. It also allows you to see every representative uh, for your for your area, and and you can go from there and really kind of drill down and see what they stand for. Um, you can uh, there there are websites and information that link to Ballotpedia, where you can actually see how they voted as well and where they stand on a lot of these issues. I mean, you know, we we need to be a more educated uh, voter. I mean, everybody needs to be more educated in terms of. The, you know, how we vote and, and who we vote for. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, it, it's easy to get emotional when you hear uh, a lot of these ads and, 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 you, and you see them on, on, in the debates, but, you know, the reality is how they vote and, and you, know, where they've st- you know, where they've officially stood. So, you, you know, again, the website is, <clears throat> you're familiar with Ballotpedia, correct? Um, you know, yeah. yeah. Ballotpedia, and you can, you can actually see uh, a sample ballot, like, you know, for example, we're in Georgia. So, you know, we vote in May, uh, for the primaries. Uh, so you can go in now and just type in your address. You can type in, I mean, you know, it'll also indicate, let you know whether or not you're still registered, make sure your registration is correct, you know, so you can be prepared. I mean, eventually it's about voting. It is about getting the people, you know, in office who need to be in office, not, you know, divorce, you know, come on, you know, she's an appointee, um, of, of, of this whole 45, disaster and um you know that that comes from the top you gotta you know i, I don't know i mean it, it's it, it, well, it's discouraging uh, yeah, absolutely it's, she's yeah. an appointee but our senators are the ones who confirm her yeah absolutely absolutely you know and and that that speaks to their judgment as well i agree she should never i mean watching that 60 minutes interview is like uh just watching a train wreck happening yeah 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 <laughs> it's like watching yeah, all the, all, you know a sad, a sad thing all the strides, i think that 11 yeah. year old girl could have done better i think the 11 year old girl at the uh at the rally could have probably done better well me. you know the, the sad thing is with all the strides that women have made and minorities have made and we've been fighting uh the whole perception about um you know affirmative action she just brings it all down yes she does but but did you expect anything more no, I really didn't expect anything more. But I, 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 what I expected was that our our society will say, "Whoa, wait a minute, this is that's what Obama said." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I again, I, I guess you know what? I'm, I, <laughs> I, I got too much faith in. Sorry, in, Prezzo, in I love you, but you 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 know you you count you you counted on people's good nature, bro. Uh uh-uh. uh, that ain't gonna happen. But you're right. You're absolutely right. You got anything else, man? No, that's it, man. Well, cool. Good observation, man. I, I'm, I'm going to bring to y'all's attention 
a couple of really good, this is the 50th anniversary, the 50th of uh, Dr. King's death and uh, coming up. And uh, really some good documentaries, man. MSNBC has, I think it's going to be on tonight on MSNBC. It was on NBC last night. Uh, but MLK, Hope and Fury. Uh, and, it, and, and it chronicles um, the MLK movement and the media. And then there's another um, uh, MLK documentary that's coming out. And I got I got to give it to HBO, man. They they are they are just really doing. You know, we mentioned what was the other one? Traffic Stop uh, documentary that that has already come out. They've got another one coming out um, on April second called uh, MLK in the Wilderness. And, and it really talks about the final days, the final 18 months of King, and how alone and how really alienated he had become, even from his base, um, where a lot of people questioned his decisions and some of the, uh, you know, some of the uh, causes he was, he was connecting to. And, you know, it's really, um, you know, a good documentary in a, in a different view that we don't always get a Dr. King. So those two, you know, I want y'all to check that out, okay? All right, man, uh, and, I'll, and I'll post some of that stuff. Um, you can go to castropolis.net and find out more about us. Um, go to GP3. We're on uh, Instagram. That's primarily, we ain't on Facebook. <laughs> We're on Instagram, though. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, you know, join us. Uh, GP3 Homies, and we're on SoundCloud, GP3 Homies, Google Play, Tuned In, uh, and, and iTunes as well, man. And, and the You Need to Know podcast is on Instagram as well. You can go there and find out more about And, and we're on SoundCloud, the Instagram podcast. I'm sorry, the uh, You Need to Know podcast is on Instagram, and it's on SoundCloud. All right, man, man, as always, bro, I appreciate what you do. Keep doing your thing. Any closing remarks for the people? For the people? Uh, just, just keep, just keep hope alive, man. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I did all, I did all that, man. We, we gotta be, we gotta keep hope, keep hope, definitely, regardless of what's going on, man. It, no time. I mean, that, that, that resonates big time, considering everything that's on. We gotta be hopeful, definitely. Right. All right, y'all. With that, man. Again, Rand, thanks for joining. Thanks for being in here. And uh, with that, man, eighty-two is in the can, and we out. Peace. All right. Take care, people. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SBDG, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.